turn there, I, I, I'd like to bring up a, a thought that's, that's been on my mind since Friday night. Uh, uh, I don't know if, I don't think none of you had as good as a supper as I had Friday night. I'm telling you right now, I had something Friday night that I don't get very often because mainly I ain't going to cook it, and my wife don't know how. It just takes a while to do it. And I cooked me some chicken and dumplings. I made some old-fashioned drop-style dumplings. Now, if you've never had old-fashioned drop-style dumplings, they're different than any kind of dumplings you've ever had. My mama made drop chicken and dumplings. And, uh, you know, I, I started thinking about old drop chicken and dumplings. And my, wife, my, my mom, uh, we think about, my, mom, my mama cooked. She worked eight hours a day. She came home, she cleaned the house. She cooked. Now, when she cooked, she cooked pork chops. She cooked hamburgers. She'd cook a roast. She'd cook... Every day she'd cook something. We went out to eat on Friday nights, just about every Friday night, but every day during the week she cooked something to eat. And it was a normal thing. We could, we could expect meatloaves, we could expect hamburgers, we could expect chicken, things like that. But chicken and dumplings wasn't something you got. But about once every three to six months, if that. It was something that was special. My mama would come get me. She said, you want to help me? I'd drop the, the dumplings in, in, in the boiling water. You know, she'd, she'd get in there, she'd get me a spoon, she showed me how to scoop over to the side where you had some nice water, drop the drop dumpling in there. And it was, uh, it was special to me because I got in there to help my mom uh, to make the chicken, chicken and dumplings. It was something I enjoyed because you, you better believe if she asked me to walk across hot coals and to get chicken and dumplings uh, that night for supper, I'd be like, yeah, mama, let's do it. Uh, but I'd come in there and help her make them old drop dumplings. She showed me how. And, you know, when I got out of the house, that was something I, I was one of the first phone calls that I wanted to make on my own was biscuits and chicken and dumplings. And I called her and I got that recipe. And I started thinking Friday night, I, I cooked those and we sat down and I got to eat them and uh, I enjoyed it, I, I did. It was something that I don't get very often. But if I had chicken and dumplings, I thought about it. If I had chicken and dumplings growing up, every week, they wouldn't have been as special. And after I ate them dumplings, they was delicious, but I, I thought to myself, there's so many more things that I like better <laughs> than chicken. I like a big old nice steak, or I like uh, some fettuccine alfredo. I like all kinds of baked, baked, baked potatoes and all kinds of stuff. But them chicken and dumplings were special because I didn't get them often. I didn't get them all the time. And what, what we do is we grow tired of things so easily in our lives. We do. We grow tired of the church scene. We, we grow tired of worshiping. We, we grow tired of singing uh, the same old hymns. We grow tired of hearing the preacher with the same old preaching style every Sunday. We get tired of people testifying. You know, the church gets tired sometimes. And we get tired ourselves. I, I'll go ahead and admit, for breakfast, I hate almost every breakfast food. <laughs> I don't know why, but my, my, my family instilled the belief that once you start eating a breakfast food, you eat it the rest of your life. <laughs> I don't know why. But she'd buy up a lifetime supply of Fruit Loops if I like Fruit Loops. Like three months later, I, I don't want a Fruit Loop. Three months later, I don't want Fruity Pebbles. No, three months later, I don't want oatmeal. Oh, we grow tired of that. I, I do. I grow tired of things. And that's what we're going to look at in the Scriptures this morning. If you have uh, you, you, your Bibles open to the Song of Solomon, chapter 7, if you would, please stand in reverence for the reading of the Word of God. Chapter 7, we'll be reading verse number 1. Chapter 7. Verse number 1. It says, How beautiful are thy feet with shoes, O prince's daughter! The joints of thy thighs are like jewels, the work of the hands of a cunning 
workmen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. Lord, I, I thank you for the scripture that you've applied upon our hearts this week. Lord, I, I thank you for this book and what it means, Lord Father, and as a relationship. And I thank you, Lord Father, for our choir that sang the special song, Lord. And I, I thank you, Lord Father, for all the many blessings you've, you've sent this way to this church. And Lord, I, I pray that you'll just bless uh, uh, the different things we've got coming up, Lord. I, I pray that you'll uh, be with our trunk or treat coming up this Wednesday that will be a, a light, Lord Father, to a lost and dying world that we could uh, continue to work together, Lord. I, I pray that this, this scripture, Lord, will continue to burden us, continue to uh, lift us up, Lord, continue to convict us, and uh, Lord, I pray that you'll just continue to use this scripture here this morning. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Now, if you look, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of things going on in chapter 7, and I'll go ahead and uh, say, uh, if you read chapter 7, which I'm not going to read the entire chapter, because uh, I'll honestly say I don't want to sit up here and blush while I'm reading chapter 7. Uh, I'm not going to read when I look at chapter 4. I'm not going to read all of chapter 4. Uh, I'll tell you as Christians to go home and read them yourselves uh, and try to interpret the Scriptures and do some studying. Uh, but we want to touch on what's going on uh, in chapter 7. We, we preach two different messages from the Song of Solomon on relationships. Uh, uh, the first message we preached was pretty much on a, a healthy relationship. We preached on what you need. Uh, uh, we preached on excitement. We preached on life. We preached on uh, uh, having a conflict and wanting to resolve the conflict. Uh, uh, the last time we preached, the second time, we preached on a conflict and how to react, uh, uh, the ways that you can react and the ways that you should. Uh, pretty much uh, the most part was to uh, just give it to God. Uh, uh, you don't need to go ahead and react to the things that go on in your home life every time. And tonight we want to take a look at a change. There's going to be change in a relationship. I had a change in my heart Friday night when I ate those chicken dumplings. I took all that time on that work. I mixed up the flour. I ain't going to tell you every ingredient because that's a secret. There's only four or five ingredients in my mama's chicken dumplings. My wife's back there grinning. Hey, it's real simple. We got done cooking it. My wife was eating some of it. She said, you know, I think this needs a little something else. I, we ain't changing nothing. This is the this is the recipe, and this is the way I like it. <laughs> and uh, sometimes we, we, eat, we eat those things, we, we do things the same way over and over and over again. They become old, they become a, a not so special. I ate those dumplings the other night, and I realized that, hey, you know, I, I like other things. Uh, uh, there's something that I could change about this. There's something we could put in this uh, uh, to make it better possibly the next time we make it. Uh, uh, but I want you to first realize, before we get real deep into chapter 7, uh, you don't have to turn there, and I'm not either, but I know what it says. In chapter 4 of the Song of Solomon, the very first verse is the honeymoon. We, we built up with excitement when we preached. A, we didn't preach the first chapter of the Song of Solomon with how they met and, and, and life blossomed because a lot of us understand and realize that. A lot of us know about the life and the things that go on. Chapter 4, sort of the honeymoon. And he goes through and describes, Solomon describes the Shulamite woman. And when he starts off describing the Shulamite woman, I want you to realize how he starts in chapter 4 on the honeymoon. He describes his wife very differently than what he does in chapter 7. We don't know if this is 5 years, this is 10 years, uh, this is 20 years later. Uh, but you go back to chapter 4 and what does he do? I won't go through everything he describes, but he starts with her hair. He starts with her head. He starts with the lips. He starts with all the things about her face right there at the top that really brings him in a physical attraction, the wantonness with his wife. We go to chapter 7 and it's very different. We go to chapter 7 and it is the same situation. It's not the honeymoon though. It's later down the road. It's the same situation that Solomon is in with the Shulamite woman. He says, I want you to realize, chapter 7 verse 1, it says, How beautiful are thy feet with shoes. 
We go back up to chapter 4. We started with hair. We started with facial expression. We started with lips. Oh, oh, how beautiful your nose is like this. And oh, all these things. And he gets to that. But he starts in chapter 7 at the feet. Oh, how you're... And he says in shoes. He, he wasn't talking about just bare feet. He said, oh, your feet look so good. In shoes, Shulamite woman. <laughs> now some of like, yeah, that don't make a whole lot of sense, Zach. Why in the world does he start off with the feet? And, and then he goes in a different direction. Now, if you read the entire bit, and I'm not going to just because I done said it, I'm not going to sit up here and blush about exactly how he describes his wife. But there's a difference between chapter 4 and chapter 7. He starts with her head, goes down. He starts with the feet and go up. Talks about her joints and her thighs. and Oh, just how wonderful everything is. And as I, I, we, we, we see a change in Solomon. Solomon had a change with how he looked at his wife. We have to have a change with how we look at our spouse as we're together over time. The, the things that we want to see in the honeymoon is not the same thing that we want to see at anniversary number 10, uh, 15, and 25. We have different desires within ourselves. Or we have different things between us and our wives that we have to have within, within even us and our husband. But first thing we want to realize is I'm addressing the men sort of here because Solomon's talking about his wife. Solomon's talking about the Shulamite woman. Uh, men, today, we have to have a different reaction. We have to have a change of how we look at our relationship. And I want you to know, we're going to preach it together, like we have each message. I believe we've mixed them together. But as we get older as Christians, we have a different way that we look at God. The very first time that you got saved, if you've been saved, you remember that day. You remember that hour. You remember that feeling that you had, this, the burdens lifted off. And I promise you that the majority of you, if you truly got saved that day, you felt like you just needed to run a race. You needed to do everything in your power to serve God that day. And ones of you that are married, the day that you met your spouse or the day that you got married, oh, you was just lit up with smiles. Well, you just couldn't stop staring at each other. Oh, you looked at the physical things that you were super attracted to and oh you was just in love and the same way uh, with serving God we just become in love with God we want to serve him we want to do the things uh, for him but once we get to year 5 year 10 year 15 year 20 we become changed now I'm not saying that's a negative thing what I'm trying to say is we see God differently I see God very differently from the day that I got saved at 15 years old than, the day that, than I do now when I pray, than I do now when I seek His advice, than I do now. You know, when I was 15, I was headstrong. I got saved, and boy, I just, whoo, I, I got in the locker room. I done told this before. I, I, I played football. I got in the locker room, sat down to our starting center on the football. I know exactly who he was. He came over, and he said, what would you do this weekend, Stoney? I said, well, I got saved. <laughs> That's the first thing out of my mouth. I could tell he didn't know what I was talking about. He was confused. You know, today if somebody told me, uh, asked me, what would you do this weekend? I might not bring up church first. And I don't know why I would do that. We grow up and we change as Christians. Uh, not, not to say that we all do it negatively, but we all change in some way. In the way that we serve God, the way that we look at God, we have appreciation to God and Jesus that died for us as we go older that changes. And we have to do that. We can't always be on super fire for God the whole time because we'll never grow. We'll never change. We'll never read our Bibles. We'll never commit to certain things. How beautiful are thy feet? The big thing is, and like I said, I'm not going to read every bit of it. You go to chapter 4 and you break down how many body parts he broke down and, and complimented. There was 8. You get to chapter 7, there's 10. It goes through and describes 10. Now what does that mean? 
when he goes from describing eight body parts and, and what they mean, he gets describing ten body parts. And a lot of them he describes the same way. But he shows a deepening understanding. Men, a deeper understanding of his spouse. Not a physical, not, not a more, when you get older, you get gray hair, you get wrinkles, uh, your body ain't the same thing that it was before. Uh, when you get older, you start to appreciate, you start to really deepenly understand your spouse. Uh, you understand what their favorite colors are, what they like to eat, uh, where they like to go out to eat, what they like to do, or what they like to smell, or what they like for you to wear. And the different things that you think about your spouse, we become uh, able to deeper understand our spouse. Men, that's what we should want to do. We should want to have a deeper relationship with our spouse. We should. With everything in our being. Yes, if you read chapter 4 and chapter 7, there's a lot of the same things. He even uses the same words to describe his wife about certain things, but he does it in a different direction. There are things that you love about your spouse. I don't care if you've been married for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. There are things right now, the day you got married, that you love about your spouse that is the same today, but there are changes and differences. There has to be changes. There has to be things. Now, we, we talked a lot of times in the last two verses. I have mentioned this specifically, men, that you have to talk nicely to your wife. I, I, bring, I don't know why that keeps poking out. He calls her his dove. He calls him, her his love. All kinds of nice, real pretty things. You don't see that word in here, but you see something even maybe even better. They've been married for a while, and he uses something different to describe his wife that he's never used in Scripture that I have found. It says, Oh, prince's daughter. Oh, royalty. Oh, he's already called her a dove. And like, hey, think about it, men. Hey, have you really treated your wife like royalty this week? Like she is something for you, rolled out the red carpet. Man, you ain't going to like it, and that's fine. I knew you weren't going to like it all week long when I was reading this. I don't really like it myself. But do you really treat your wife like royalty? Like she is very important in the home. Like she has a specific say in certain things within the home. That you value her opinion with the things that she wants to say. That the things she does are not exactly wrong, but the way that she's going to do them is the way she's going to do them. And you're just happy with it because she's royalty? Hey, how many of you do you spit back mean stuff if the president came into your home and said he's going to do something? If we had a king in our country and the king came in and said he's going to do it a certain way, guess what? Are you going to do it a certain way? Men, listen to your wives. Treat her like royalty. Treat her like she is something of value, of importance. And that's what he's trying to say. Now before he's talking, oh, my undefiled, my dove, my love, all these sweet little nice things. Now he's really painting the picture of how he values her. The same way he describes her very differently, starting at the, the bottom and working his way up, and even describing more things about his wife that he loves, he physically loves, he appreciates about her. It's the same way with how he addresses her. Not just in his mind, man, y'all hear me? Not just in your mind how much you appreciate He vocally says it, all three places that we've, that we've preached. Oh, prince's daughter. And he even starts off, the joints of thy thighs are like jewels, the work of... The hands of a cunning workman. Oh, the things that he appreciates about his wife. I want you to know sometimes we look at a relationship and they get stale, they get old. We've been married to the same old person. That I, I'm picking a little bit of fun. We've all heard that. The old ball and chain. <laughs> the, the person we've been in for a long time. And I hope that nobody looks at their relationship that way. 
I hope that we, we look at it like Solomon does with his, the Shulamite woman, the wife that he married. We have to have a deeper relationship, men. It goes on. And I, I'd like to point out that the deeper relationship prevents one big thing, and it's, it's infidelity. It's, it's affairs. And I'll address that. I read something this week that it broke down. Uh, the affair starts off with ease, and it's all ease. I even wrote them down in my Bible because I thought they were pretty good. It says elimination is the first one. What do we do at home? We eliminate we eliminate loving on each other. We eliminate uh, the need to, to hug on each other, to love on each other. We eliminate talk. We eliminate uh, being nice, <laughs> men. Being nice to one another. Be, being joyful that we see each other. We have elimination of that. And the next E is that we have an encounter. We run across somebody that we are physically attracted to, that we like, that we like being around them. We have E, we have enjoyment. We start to enjoy the presence of the other person. We go on and we have an expression, we have a thought, we have a, a, a yearning to be with another person, and then we have what? We have an experience, an affair, something that ruins a marriage. And it all started from a lot of times that the other person didn't pay the other person attention enough. Boy, I hear that and I read that. I'm, I'm part of different groups. I read different uh, things that I'm a part of. And we see, I see marital counseling situations that so many times uh, when there's infidelity or when there's affair, uh, that one person looks at the other person that didn't feel like the connection was there. I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feelings, but that's what the Bible tries to show us. We need to have a deep understanding, a deep relationship, not based upon just how her face and her skin looks, man. About everything about her. He describes her feet. Oh, how beautiful are thy feet. In shoes. <laughs> Not even her skin. Hey, how beautiful you are in shoes. He probably knows what size feet she is. And everything about her, every square inch of everything that she wants and she yearns, or her aspirations, the things she wants to do with life, what she knows, what she's good at, what she even needs to improve on. He knows that about his wife. Why? Because he wants to deepen the relationship. Go back and read chapter 4. There's not a deepening <laughs> of a relationship. In fact, we can go halfway down the body and he stops. <laughs> he doesn't go any further. He has a physical yearn. He has a, a, a physical yearn, a physical want. And here we see a deepening. People today, we, we, we like to look at our spouse, men and women both, and have a deep understanding, a deep love, a deep communication. It goes on. In chapter 6, it says, How fair and how pleasant art thou, O love, for delights. In so many ways, Solomon tells a Shulamite woman, he says, Baby, this is everything about your body I love. There are so many things I like about your body. Hey, it's okay to blush. And get, hey, it's, it's an intimate part of the letter here. How many things I love about you. How many things that I, I yearn for. How many things that I love about you. And he goes on when he's describing a lot of these. He uses a lot of, if you get past the, the, the King James trying to be real vague, he gets very descriptive of his wife. He loves her. Baby, everything you have about you, I love it. I love it just as much as the day we met. I love it even more than the day because there's a deep relationship. Men, if you want to change your relationship, if you want to have a, 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 a nice times at home, you have to change how you look at your wife. And you may have already done that. You may have been smart enough to know that not everything stays the same. I can look at my hair every time that I comb it. And I know with my wife, we used to date and I had almost shoulder length hair. See, she won't probably tell the whole body about that. And she dated me just because I had long hair. It was real pretty. 
I, 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 I bleached it blonde one time, too. It looked real dumb. <laughs> but she dated me through that. If she, if she met me just for my thick head of hair that was real long, hey, it's not there no more, folks. If she met me because I was 100 pounds lighter when she first met me, I ain't the same no more. I ain't the same, well, I'm still good looking, but <laughs> I'm not the same man that I was when she met me. She's not the same either. We have changed. I want you to know that the, the, the love in our lives has to change. We don't look at our wives the same way. If you've been married, I guarantee if it's 10 years or more, something has had to change if you have a healthy relationship. Something had to change in your life to have a healthy relationship. Something had to show difference. And it's there. We know it's there. How fair and how pleasant art thou, O love, for delights. It goes on to say this. I'm done with the men. Let's see how she responds. That's in the uh, verse 10 or halfway through verse 9. But we're just going to look at verse 10. I am my beloved's. We talked about submission the first time. And women don't like that word. I was talking to somebody yesterday about submission. They said, boy, people don't like to hear the word submission because it sounds like you're lowering yourself. Everybody's telling you what to do. You think about somebody in a Muslim country about being pushed around with a, or something covering up everything on their face and getting beat. That's not submission. Submission is just embracing what the other one wants. It says, I am my beloved. And his desire is toward me. Now, I want you to realize that she had a response in chapter 2. In chapter 2, verse 16, it says, My beloved is mine. That's how she starts it off. My beloved is mine and I am his. If you read this one, it says, I am my beloved's. Do you realize the change in the woman's mind as the relationship goes on? She says, this man is mine. We talked about the excitement. She said, I got a hunk of a man. I got a, a good-looking, strong man that I like to come home and I like to love on. That's not how she is in chapter 7. A chapter 7 is she turns and says, I am my beloved's. I am his. Now, what do we see as a woman's change in a relationship? Uh, she is no longer focused on as far as herself and what she wants, but she gives herself to her husband. She trusts her husband. There is trust, there is security, there is love, there is deep love. It changes as we get older. At first she was worried about her husband being hers, but later she's not worried about that. She's got him. Women, you shouldn't have to worry about having your husband. You shouldn't have to. You just have to worry about giving everything you've got to your husband. Men, you've got to worry about giving everything you've got to your wife. Well, I trust mine. I, 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 I done said it before. I pick up mine because, hey, the message is on relationships and I'm married to my wife. Women, do we truly not worry about anything else in this world? I am my beloved's and his desire is towards me. I, have you give yourself up? Have you totally said, you know what, in my mind, I need to give myself up in the relationship. He goes on to say this, and I'm not going to read every, every piece of Scripture after this, but in so many ways, as it goes on, she, the woman is the one that is creative in their relationship. The woman is the one that initiates the things in their relationship. The woman is the one that shows the love in their relationship. As it goes on, it changes. I want you to know that the big word that we have to, that we have to focus on is change. And nobody likes that. Nobody likes the word change. If I bring up, if we're having a meeting here at this church, and I, I ever put in the word change in one of my sentences, uh, heads pop up. <laughs> change? If I stand behind a pulpit and about every other day or every other time we meet, I say something about changing, y'all ain't going to like me. <laughs> 
changing everything we're doing is good, Zach. If you go to your wife and you say, well, I'd like to change a certain way to do it, you're probably going to upset your wife. The wife goes to the husband, I'd like to change this. You don't like it. She says something about changing my mama's recipe. I didn't like it. It's the way I've been doing things. I've been enjoying them dumplings like that for probably 30 years. You ain't changing the way we do dumplings. But I want you to know, after I sat down and thought about it, I said, you know, this needs a little something else. It's just, I ain't going to tell you every ingredient, but there's chicken (laughs) and there's flour and there's milk. There's not a whole lot to it, but it sure does taste good. But something can be changed in just that old, same old pot of dumplings we've been making for years. Something in your marriage, something in your life, I want you to know you might need to change something. You might need to change the way you look at it. You might need to change the way that you, that you look at the other person, the way that you love on the other person. I want you to think about this. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want you to know is if you're not trying to be worldly-minded or dirty-minded or anything like that, you can look at the Song of Solomon and you can compare it to your relationship with Jesus every step of the way. How many of us look at diff- we look differently at Jesus than we did when we first got saved? We look at Jesus and we approach witnessing different than the first time we really followed Jesus. I I tell you, I was more blunt and more straightforward in my witness the day after I got saved than I've ever been. I have never said something like that to somebody. I got saved. Uh, what did you do? I didn't, I, I didn't ask. Somebody asked me at the end of the year, what, what are you doing this year? I, uh, last year I got saved, so this year I, I'm going to go out and witness. Uh, I, I've never done that. I've never been on that kind of fire before. I've changed, but I need to get better. The whole point of changing is that it gets better. How are we getting better, church? The church has to change to meet the worldly. I mean, you think about it, we, 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 we brag about our hymnals and stuff like that. We're going to keep our hymnals. They didn't have hymnals until about two or 300 years ago. What did they do before that? They probably thought it was super new age <laughs> to bring in a hymnal. They probably thought it was super new age to have a piano. Now, sometimes we get stuck in our ways. And I'm, not, I'm not preaching to take away the hymnals. I am preaching that sometimes we have to have change. We have to show the world change. We have to show people love and kindness. We have to show people deep meaning. What kind of deep, meaningful relationship have you had this week with somebody that's lost? How, how many deep, meaningful relationships, or excuse me, conversations have you had with Jesus this week? Them conversations that I have with Jesus now, I can tell that I was a kid 10 years ago praying to Jesus. The same conversations I had with my wife 10 years ago are so different the conversations we have now. Same way that we live for Jesus, we can look at our own relationships, or we can look at how we serve Jesus. We have to change. How can you do it? And I've already said the scripture before once this time. He said you can't do it. You can't follow this. You can't submit like that. You can't follow. Everything is possible through Jesus Christ. All things are possible. We don't have to worry about being able to do it. We can. If you want a relationship that's better, with Jesus Christ, all you got to do is, it was in our Sunday school lesson this morning. If you draw nine to him, he'll draw nine to you. Uh, usually if your spouse wants to sweeten up to you, what do you got to do? You got to sweeten up to your spouse. Uh, hey, if you want uh, your spouse to be nice to you, uh, you best be nice to your spouse. Uh, if you want to be nice, you want God to be nice to you, uh, you might want to do nice things for God. I done talked about being convicted last Sunday uh, that I preached. You know, if I go to the flower, if I go buy a flower, uh, we having a hard time at home. I done said something I shouldn't have. Oh, I'm convicted to buy them flowers and try to fix it. How many times do we go buy the spiritual flowers? We go by we see people that are lost we will have people come through here on Wednesday I want you to know we'll have people come through Wednesday night that are lost they do not know Jesus and I've already said it I think a couple Sundays ago we can't love them to be saved 
We can't love them into it. Well, that church, they, they, they love people. Nobody told them about Jesus. Nobody told them about how to be saved. Nobody stuck a little tract in a bag so they could be convicted when they got home. Nobody did anything, evangelistic efforts in that movement. Uh, we had a fish fry. We had all kinds of people come through. How many people were told about Jesus? Or are we getting tired? Or are we getting lazy? A lot of us get lazy with our relationships. Think about when you first started dating. And I envy Don for opening the car door for his wife. He's he getting a little bashful. That's fine. I see him open the car door for Kathy. I'm like, man, I should have did that. <laughs> I should have did that for my wife as soon as we sit down. And I think back to when we was dating. Hey, I opened the car door. I was sweet. I pulled the chair back. She sat down at the restaurant. I don't know. I, I doubt I did that. But I was trying to be nice. Trying to show her, you know, if we could build up some love here, build up a connection. Hey, I don't know ever. I, I, I wonder what she's doing. It's taking so long opening the door sometimes. Why does it take so long to get the kids in the car when we get on? Think about how your relationship has changed. Now, should I, should I want to put both the kids in the car and open the door for her? I don't know. Maybe I should. But my relationship has changed. How has your relationship changed with the Lord? How has your relationship changed? If you're saved this morning, how has your relationship changed? If you lost this morning, I want you to know that you can start a relationship. You can start a relationship with Jesus Christ. It says he stands at the door and knocks. Well, we've said that the last two or three times we've preached. Hey, if you want things to blossom in your life, if you want life, if you want excitement, if you want these things to go on in your life, if you want to be able to go through a relationship where you see change, as we serve the Lord, things change. We do it differently. We love the Lord differently. We serve Him differently. I preach with a Bible with stickers on it. Hey, about five years ago, you would never see me at a pulpit with a Bible with stickers stuck on it. You know why? Because it's different. I ain't worried about the front of that Bible. I'm worried about what's inside the Bible. I don't care what it looks like. I don't even care what letters. I don't tell you what translation it is. It's the Bible. It's the Holy Word. Let's hold on to it. As a church today, we've got to change. I'm not saying we've got to change our theories, or our covenant, our beliefs. We have to change ourselves. We've got to change, not to make our wives happy, but to make God happy. How many of us have truly changed in the last, think about this, the last 10 years? How have you changed to make God happy? How have you changed in your relationship with your spouse to try to make your spouse happy? How have you changed in the church to try to serve the Lord and make the Lord happy with what you're doing in the church? How many of us can truly say we've done something? He's done something. He, I can see a mindset change in Solomon. Everything about him that he thinks about is different about his wife. It starts in a different direction. He compliments her shoes, folks, instead of everything else. Think about that. As you serve the Lord this week, what can you change? What can you do? Can you witness better? Can you look at, can you do a different way that you come to church? Can you think about elections when they come? What can I do within the church to serve? And with the trunk or treat coming on, can, can you think about something that you can do during the trunk or treat to witness? Can you, during, during the next revival, can you do something? Can you stand up and sing and you testify? Think about things that you change. Get out of your comfort zone. And you don't even know if they're going to work or not. How many of us have tried different things in our marriage? Everybody. Different ways that we do things. Different ways that we, we want to pitch in and cook. We want to pitch in and do this and, and do that. And I want you to know it takes trial and effort. It takes a love. The only reason that I try to make things work between me and my wife is because I love her. That's it. I don't do it for any other reason. I don't do it because she can cook the best fried chicken in the world. She can cook pretty good fried chicken. She might say, I don't know what he's talking about. 
She cooked it like once or twice. <laughs> we think about what we can do, how we can change. Church, I want you to know you can change today. I done talked about it with the first message. You can't pray to change the person sitting next to you, but the, that person next to you needs to be the one praying for change. If you need to change in the relationship, it's you. I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I have things I need to change. Even after the... Uh, <laughs> I joke about it every other Sunday, about our ride to church. Man, alive. My wife's back there. Woo! It was bad this morning. There's some things I need to change about my approach. Maybe I need to get both the kids dressed and do this and do that. Maybe I need to do this. And, you know, something needs to change. I want you to know, that's what the God wants you to look at. He wants you to look at your life, look at your spouse, look at your relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you as close as you need to be? Are you doing things that God has told you to do? Beyond the shadow of a doubt, can you say at the end of the week, everything I've done this week, I've done to make the Lord happy. And you look at your spouse, can you say, at the end of the week, everything I've done in the home, I've done to make my spouse happy. I've done to try to lift them up. I've done to try to get a deeper understanding. I've done to try to show them love and continue to show them love that they feel appreciated. I don't start them ease. You have elimination. You have enjoyment. You have all these different ease that you go through to start an affair, to start problems in the home. Church, do you love your spouse? But more importantly, do you love the Lord? As they get a verse of some song ready this morning, how much love have you shown Jesus this week? How have you changed your heart? How have you looked at Jesus in a different light? That you appreciate Him different. You love Him differently. You look at Him differently. Used to, I'd pick that Bible up, and if I thought about studying up, I'd just open it up in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. But now I know that ain't how really it works. I have a deeper understanding. of That's not really where I need to be at. I need to pray about where God needs to send me. I need to pray about what I've read. I need to take the time. I need to either read commentary or pray or, or call somebody and talk about it. It's a deepening experience that you have with the relationship of Jesus Christ. Do you have it? It changes. The love that you had five years ago, the way that you worship, the way that you serve is different than the way you do today. Same way with your relationship with your spouse. Same way with the relationship with Jesus. As we stand, what page you got? 357. Page 357.